What is up, basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of the Ball Never Lies podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan Fishman. Really want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, For today's episode, I have my good friend, Ariel, fellow granny shotter, coming on the podcast. We discuss a lot of the stuff that's going on in the NBA, some of the news that's going around, the Draymond Green interview and stuff like that, the Miami Heat, Utah Jazz, all different stuff that's going on in the league right now. Just two NBA fans discussing the season so far and and what we think is going to happen, some of the All-Star Game stuff. So just a, a bunch of everything to be quite honest with you but hope you guys enjoy the episode Uh, i had fun talking with ariel on all these different topics and subjects so i think you'll guys i think you will enjoy it as well so here he is without further ado ariel atias Yo, what's good, Ariel? How you doing, my fellow granny shot? What's up? I'm doing good, brother. How's everything with you, my man? Not too bad, man. I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. So before we get into the NBA and all the stuff going on, I just wanted to congratulate you. I know you're doing some things for, uh, you know, your home team. Finally, the Miami Heat homer is able to, uh, you know, really focus in on that. So why don't you tell everyone about what you're doing and uh, how it's going so far? Yeah, I'm, um, I've recently been added to the Five Reasons Sports Network as a contributor. You can catch me on the post-game streams, talking shit, talking heat ball, complaining about the games and how awful the season has gone. Yep. But to be honest with you, I like it because it's made me much less of a fan. And I look, I almost look forward to losses now because okay. the post-game streams are so much fun when everyone's pissed off and they lose you know, to like the Clippers without Kawhi and Paul George. Right. So uh, yeah, you can catch me. You can follow me on Twitter at ArielaTS2 and... Uh, you want to listen to my my heat takes? Uh, you know, go to the the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel and uh, check out the post game shows. Yeah, definitely. Uh, everyone should definitely check it out. So I I did tune into an episode and I saw that you said the Heat were going to go five and two on this little stint. And what how's it going for them right now? So they're they're now one and two. Okay. okay so my original prediction. <laughs> was that they would go five and two. Yeah. First of all, that was my first show and I had right. to come in with a hot take. That's fair. That's okay. And I knew that, yeah, I was on the Clutch Corner. Uh, Clutch Corner is a show on Five Reason Sports. Um, it's uh, the host is, well, I mean, the guy is Adam Barai. He's known as Clutch on Twitter okay. and that's his show. And that show has kind of like a negative lean. They kind of all follow him. <laughs> okay. And he's a little bit, he's pretty pessimistic about the heat. Probably, I mean, he rightfully so, right? Um, so I had to go in there and uh, come in with a hot take. I went with uh, the heat going five and two on the trip. I said they would lose to the Jazz and the Lakers. I was two and oh on my picks for that. For the first two games, they beat the Rockets and then they lost to the Jazz. I had them beating the Clippers. I said they would beat the shit out of the Clippers, actually. Okay, right. But I failed to remember that the Clippers had Amir Coffee on their team. And that was my undoing on that. So now they've got to go 4-0 and yeah. over the rest and of the trip. They, who are they playing? They've got the Warriors and the Kings on a back-to-back. Then they play the Lakers and the Thunder. Okay. So, I mean, it's not impossible. Uh, definitely not impossible. It's going to be tough. They, yeah. they like the team just isn't shambles right now. I that's, mean, 
they they it's it's really hard to explain but if i were to simplify it i would just say that they don't play with the same fire and passion and mm. that they did last year they don't play for each other the same way and right. teams have kind of figured out what it is that they like to go to mm-hmm. teams know that they're looking for the dribble handoff all the time right and it's kind of just easy to game plan for at this point so it's on them to make adjustments right for sure um but i uh, to your point like i I think a lot of teams are struggling. It's either going two ways. I think the only team that's been like super consistent is actually Utah. Mm-hmm. But as far as any other team, you're seeing like Dallas is kind of like, no one knows what the hell's going on with them. You know, which Boston is kind of a, a mess right now. So to be fair, uh, you know, it's not only Miami. Right. I mean, but, but I mean like teams like that are 500, right? The heat that's are 11 and 16. Some of it has to do with, Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. No problem. I'm going to turn my phone down here. So some of that has to do with um, just like COVID injuries, bad luck. But a lot of it is, again, it's a schematic thing. Um, Mm -hmm. At the very least, teams like Boston, a lot of the teams in the middle of the Eastern Conference and every single playoff team in the West is at or above 500. Um, The Heat are five games under 500 and they've lost some just atrocious games like games that you had to have um so it's kind of it's hard to explain i think they need to move i think a shake-up is coming yeah i think they're gonna Um, make a trade i think a shake-up is coming absolutely and uh but you're right though in saying that you know it's kind of been a weird year yeah where like i had mentioned if you look at the eastern conference for example Mm -hmm. all of those teams outside of i think the top four teams Mm -hmm. like like five through 15 in the conference and more importantly, five through eight or nine in the conference, because mm, yeah, right? yeah. those are the playoff teams. Right. They're all at 500 or below 500. Nobody's yeah. more than like a game over 500. Right. Like you had said, Boston's 14 and 13 or something like that, which I mean, the quality of that team, we expect it to be substantially higher than that. For sure. So yeah, it's a little bit hard to explain. It's It's been a very, very weird year. Yeah. Like, and even like, for example, I know you're talking East, but even in the West, like, Pelicans, I think, are like 13th, 12th or whatever in the conference, but they're only like three games out of a playoff spot. Like it's so close Mm -hmm. uh, that even though the Heat are 11 and 15, like they're within a few games still, even, you know, even if they get to the 10th spot or wherever they are, like that's, you know, ready for the play in and something happens. I just think like, especially the first half of the season with all the COVID and everything else, uh, teams are just kind of always at a guessing game. And I think with the back-to-backs as well, like you're playing the same team twice. Like if you blow them out the first game, maybe you take them lightly the second, you're tired, whatever it is, you're staying in your hotel, like all these different things. I think we knew it was going to be a weird year, but I don't think we expected the games to be like, because look, it's exciting for the most part, but the games are a bit weird and teams aren't performing like, like we thought they would. Yeah, it's, it's so I'm I'm curious as to where you're at on this. I'm, you know how there had been like a lot of asterisk talk as far mm-hmm. as last year was concerned. Right. Yeah. I always had a, tr- a hard time, you know, kind of seeing that because all the teams that were in the bubble were mm-hmm. under the same circumstances, right? Yeah. yeah. There were no travel advantages or disadvantages. Right. It the only potential advantage could be, you know, or disadvantage could be if a team had been dealing with injuries or whatever but other than that they were all in the same spot yeah, yeah. right and all they had to focus on was basketball. basketball yeah now this season it kind of feels to me and maybe it feel it's amplified as far as i'm concerned because you know 
your I, team is I follow destroyed. the heat right yeah i follow the heat i cover mm-hmm. to an extent the heat yeah i feel like i actually i know for a fact i believe they have the most games missed due to the covid protocols okay uh in the league or they're at least they might be like top two now but i think mm-hmm. they i think they're right at the top i kind of feel like if there were an asterisk here that this would be the year and it kind of feels like it comes down to who can get through the season with the least amount of injuries and get hit by COVID the least. And those teams are, if you look at the teams that are at the top of both conferences, on average, those teams have had less um, games missed and issues due to COVID than some of the other teams that have been hit a little bit harder. Yeah, for sure. So in regards to last season and the bubble, I completely agree. Like when Shaq came out and said it's an asterisk, I don't believe that at all because everyone was on an equal playing field. Um, As far as everything, like for me, I think the biggest thing in the bubble was the mental standpoint. But again, everyone was there, but individuals go through that type of stuff differently. Some people need fans more than others. Like it, it varies, but it was an equal playing field. So when people said last season was an asterisk, I didn't think so for the same reason that you just said. Definitely this year, um, I mean, you have a bunch of teams with uncertain lineups. Everything's changing. Uh, Not necessarily being able to put your proper schemes in just based on, like, your personnel and everything else. So I definitely think this would be more of an asterisk season than last year. Um, But it's funny because uh, the last guest I had on my my podcast, Adam – he we were talking and we kind of made light of the fact that like obviously you know the lakers are playing really well but it's like there's no way in hell someone's taking like lebron james off of the court for COVID protocols like we Mm. kind of made a joke but it's kind of true like you're not taking the top guys away who's making the league the most money like if zion had COVID, i don't know if the league is like saying like the pelicans are not able to play like you're not taking them off because they're making the most money right and with this all all star game coming up too like everyone's you know I'm going to get your take on that after, but everyone's kind of saying like, it shouldn't happen, but for the league to make money, it has to happen. So therefore they're not going to really talk about COVID protocols and everything else. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they're hiding some things kind of like we saw the N I'm not going to say the NFL hid stuff, but in the first few weeks it was very prominent. And then all of a sudden it kind of slowed down closer to the playoffs and when things became more serious. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the NBA kind of, keeps it more on the down low as far as teams suffering from the protocols and contact tracing and stuff. Mm -hmm. I I wonder if, because I had been, I I was reading today about, you know, Adam Silver and the league sending out memos to teams saying that because there has, you know, Woj reported today that there had been some pushback from a lot of the top players in the league about, um, not just doing the all-star game, but getting the vaccine. Right. And I think like, I mean, listen, I think you can have your, everybody's entitled to their opinion. If you feel like, you know, you don't want to get the vaccine because you're not comfortable with, you don't know what's inside, what's in the vaccine or what the benefits or long-term effects are. Like I get that. But at that point, I think you would probably have to opt out of the season. It's a little bit hard to, I don't know what you think, if you think that the vaccine should be mandatory for players or if you think it should be a subjective thing. Um, I know that Adam Silver and the league had sent out uh, like memos to teams where they're basically telling teams, you know, if you get the vaccine, um, we'll loosen up a lot of the restrictions and a lot of the protocols as far as COVID and the daily, the daily testing and, 
you know, the all, all of those rules that, that encompass that. So I'm curious as to what you think about whether or not players should be uh, forced, essentially, to take the vaccine if when it becomes widely available to everybody. I definitely don't think it should be something that's forced. I feel like, um, you know, people just in the regular flu, for example, I know COVID is a different story because of the uncertainty of it all, but like not everyone wants to get a flu vaccine or anything else. And it doesn't even have to be because of a distrust of, a, of like a, a vaccine or anything else. It's just some people have personal preferences. I think also like just the fact of someone's going to force you to do something makes people not want to take it. I feel like almost more people would opt in and take it like voluntarily if it meant these restrictions were looser, but at the same time, like if players don't want to, yeah, continue the same protocols that they have, it's going to be a bit complicated, like same team or, or whatever, some players not taking it, some players taking it. And as far as like they're being in the locker room and everything else. Uh, so that'll be a bit complicated because I think it's going to be much tougher to control but I don't think that it should be something mandatory just because like at the end of the day, like we're human beings and we shouldn't be forced to kind of do anything by our employer. Like there's, you know, rights and freedoms and stuff like that. So. It's a good point. I think I agree with you, to be honest. I don't really have much more to add on that subject, but I, I think I'm with you. You should, think, you should I, be able to do what you want. Yeah. I think a lot of players would. Um, the only thing is like from, from what I've heard and like, I'm not a medical person in the slightest but like um the side effects of it like you really feel like the virus and uh like some players are going to feel super sick and miss games because they took the vaccine or whatever so i don't know how it's kind of going to happen um do you think that the all-star game should should happen look it's tough i i, I do think like personally i do think it should happen i think it's a good source of revenue for the league. And at the very least, you know, being an all-star matters. Um, Players, when players retire and we're talking about their hall of fame case or whatever it is, it matters. The amount of games, uh, the amount of all-star games that you made matter. Um, My, my thing is though, like, just like you had said that players should have the, the, uh, the choice of whether or not they want to take the vaccine, for example, I do mm-hmm. kind of feel like players should also have the choice of whether or not the they want to play game. in the all-star game. If right. they have concerns about the uh, potential health risks of, you know, an added travel weekend or whatever right. it is being right. around players that are traveling from out of market, whatever their concerns may be, I think they should be allowed to, to opt out. But I do think that an all-star game is good for the league you know, last year's All-Star game with the rule modifications that they right. made was one of the best All-Star fun. games in recent memory, easily, yeah, right? Like, that yeah. ending was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, my take on it is I want an All-Star game, um, but I also think that if a player doesn't want to participate, that he should be allowed to sit it out. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, as far as your first point, though, like, I guess, like, for legacy, just to kind of play devil's advocate, realistically, you can have the vote but not actually play the game. Like if it, if it comes to like a, how many times you've been elected as an all-star, obviously it's not the same, but I guess that could be like the argument or whatever, as far as legacy goes, but I think they should have it. I think like, and I do understand player safety and health and all that, but like for the most part, it's because, you know, they want a break and that's super fair. Like they should, they should be allowed to have a break. They've been playing basketball for a long time. Like they had a very short off season. 
they had four months off like at the beginning of COVID or whatever, but it's different. Like they had a really shortened off season. So they're basically playing like nine months of basketball straight almost. So I can understand that, but like players want to be paid their full salary. Like they don't want to have any cuts or anything else. Like they should easily, um, you know, they should allow for this. Like that's how they're going to make more money. Players are going to get their contracts. The NBA is going to have better revenue from TV deals and stuff like that. Like it just makes so much more sense on a business side. And I think like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like the players, like, yes, you should be able to have a certain amount of power, but I think they forget that like, it's a whole business Mm -hmm. and that sometimes uh, they take like, yes. And they're, they're human beings, like I said before, but like, the business in itself can't survive without the money that's coming in. So like their contracts won't be able to be paid in full if they're not getting the revenue that they're supposed to have. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think you just need to kind of take one on the chin in a sense and just play whatever the league's telling you to do. So everyone makes the most amount of money they possibly can. I'm with you. Speaking of, uh, of all star, I'm, I'm I don't know if you were planning on doing this, but I'm curious as to who you have in the East. Let's say, let's start with the East. Um, ooh, okay, so I've been listening to a few pods just to, to get my own ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. you're obviously gonna have uh, Katie, Giannis, um, who am I missing? I think I don't know if Ben Simmons is gonna be a starter. We're talking starters now. Yeah, go go front court and then guards. Okay, so, so three front court, two guards. So I definitely think well, KD's considered, I guess, front court. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Embiid, Giannis, KD. Yeah. Um, Bradley Beal, and I don't necessarily want to give it to him, but I have a feeling it's going to be James Harden or Kyrie. Mm. One of the two. They're both killing it this year. Both all of them are having like 50, 40, 90 seasons pretty much. So. It's kind of boring, but I actually have the same. I mean, I was kind of hoping you'd go. I, I was kind of hoping you'd go Kyrie for the uh, other say, guard. Say, the I'll other guard's part of the East. I'll say Kyrie. Okay, good. Because I, I, I prefer it. Good. Okay, good. Because I was gonna go Giannis, uh, KD, uh, JoJo, hmm. Bradley Beal, and James Harden. Yeah, I don't you know, think the boring. five is well. No, but it's not. You can't dispute that they're all just destroying it this year. Well, is there anybody else that you feel like has an argument to be in there? Starting, no, I don't think so. Like, I think it's really the three Brooklyn guys, like the two guards. I think the Kyrie and and Harden thing. Um, As far as starting, uh, I can't say too much, no. But if you want to talk about the other seven or whatever it is, like there are some disputes there. There's some disputes on Zach Levine. Uh, There's some disputes on my guy Gordon Hayward. Which um, I've got to say, it's pretty good. I, I I think I think the Charlotte Hornets are in an okay spot with that contract. I don't know if you changed your mind a little bit, but but that was a good signing, and he's playing really well for them and borderline All Star, one of his best seasons to date. So I think it was was it Zach Lowe? I might have heard it on Zach Lowe's podcast, and he was going through his Eastman Conference All-Stars, and right. Gordon Hayward wasn't one of the guys that he bubbled. Like, he had his seven, right. he had his five starters, he had seven uh, reserves, mm. and then he had a couple of bubble guys, and Gordon Hayward wasn't one of them. I think you can absolutely make an argument. I still hold firm that I didn't love that signing because I feel like 
that's kind of a signing that like a team that's a little bit closer to contention might make. Sure. But at the price point, I thought it was a little high for a guy who like, look, I'm, I, I, and I, obviously you as well as myself, we're not surprised that he's having a good season. Like okay. I didn't think that he would average like, you know, 14 a game on 40% from the field. Sure, I knew sure. he would be good, right? Sure. Like the role, he's a good player. I just don't feel like I want to tie max money into that guy, especially if I, I have a young team that's a ways away from contention. Sure. Um, so like, no, I, don't I, know. I, I still don't love the signing personally. I get it. But I, I think just with the money that was being thrown out, like it was maybe mm. didn't make most sense, but um, I mean, they're the division leaders right now. Are they? Are they first yeah, in the in the first. southeast? That yeah. is so sad, man. Yeah. We're the the heater down bad, man. That's yeah. that's atrocious. Yeah, I'm just happy it's not Atlanta, to be quite honest with you. Mm. They've uh, been a little bit of a disappointment. A little bit. I thought they'd be a little better. But we knew what the defensive woes, and quite honestly, like look, mm-hmm. Trey is a great scorer, great passer, but defensively he's not very good. And like I don't think he's like uh, uh, it sounds bad to say because, like, look, man, these guys are amazing at what they do. Like, there's no contesting to that. But, like, the winning aspect of them. Like, Trey is another guy where – and even, like, I feel like the younger guys, and you can correct me if you feel like, like I'm wrong, but I feel like when they come in the league and how much the players kind of get the attention and, like, the kind of entitlement and whatever else, they feel like they deserve more than maybe they do in their first, third, second, third years. And, like – you know, Trey Young is a third year guy, whatever he is. And like he, 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 in himself, he believes like, you know, he should be like top, you know, shit. And he's very good, but he hasn't done much in the league. And to me, I don't think he really has like the winning type thing. I think he's very focused on him and his stats. Sure. I'm sure, I'm sure he wants to win. No one wants to lose, but like, I think like you need that extra level and extra step in order to actually bring your team closer to that. And I just don't think he's personally ready for that. My opinion on Trey Young is that obviously he's one of the what ten most talented players on offense in the league. Sure. Like at yeah. the very least, he's he's very close if he's not sure. top ten. But yeah. I really I would put him in there. He's become so ridiculously unguardable, right? right. Like yeah. you can't even get close to him because he's perfected the art of drawing fouls yeah, like hate, to the I James Harden that. level. I agree. Listen, I'm, I'm so with you. I I don't like the foul baiting stuff. I don't they like... Rid- they need to get rid of it. Yeah, I don't like rewarding players just for you know moving in a way that you're forcing a defender to run into you. It's not right. basketball. You're just baiting guys. Yeah. But if the rules allow it, for and sure. you're good enough to take advantage of it. Like it is what it is. Again, I, you know, I talk about the Heat. I'm part of a sports network that covers South Florida sports. Jimmy's one of the best guys at doing that. But right. I find that the difference is that Jimmy is trying to score. Like right. Jimmy is like he like he's definitely trying to get to the free throw line. For but sure. he doesn't like he's not coming off of picks and just stopping on the dime right. just to get a guy to run into him because he knows the guy's going to run into him. He's going to the hole where he's trying to get like an and one type situation mm-hmm. or whatever that I think deserves to be rewarded. But I don't like, I think I'm not the biggest Trey young guy to be honest with you. If you're fully jumping out of your position and creating a, a, like a situation where 
you're falling all over the place and you're tossing up the shot or whatever else because like you know the ref is going to call the the shooting foul then it shouldn't be rewarded like for example like you said i fully agree with a guy like jimmy butler like you can i don't mind if you're manipulating your body in ways where you're driving to the basket you know you're putting your shoulder down a little bit someone kind of hacks you and whatever you throw it like if you're there but like the way trey does it is like he's jumping sideways forwards backwards like just play basketball. If you get fouled, you get fouled. You know, if you put your defender in a position where he has to foul you, that's yeah. one thing. But if it's all your, if it's like, you know, if you're actively looking to draw fouls that mm-hmm. genuinely don't affect the game in terms right. of like, this guy was going to foul me or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, then it's, it's, it feels disingenuous. It takes away from yeah. what the game yeah is supposed to be or at least feels like it's supposed to be for sure i feel like the refing has gone super soft and like they changed that rule with harden when he used to hook guys when he would go for layups and throw it up as to a non-shooting foul and i think they need to do that with this type of stuff because even like you see luca doing it like when from when i was growing up and like i was watching basketball like i was always told like if you make a pump fake and you jump forward into a player who's contesting the shot you're creating that contact no i yeah. learned it wasn't not on you. It's on. It's a. It's a foul. If you. Oh, what, maybe I misunderstood you. Right. It should be a foul Who's, on the offensive player. If, my, like, if the or, offensive player is jumping into yeah. the defensive, like player. if I sure, had, sure, like, sure. Like if I jump okay. straight up or whatever, and the guy right. is like jumping two feet forward into me, that shouldn't be a foul. No, it shouldn't. You're allowed. You're 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 entitled to your, you know, your space. But they're making it so you're you're not anymore. Like they're allowing players to jump into you on all angles to create the contact Mm -hmm. like i can understand like i said before ducking your shoulder a little bit or or whatever that type of stuff but like when you're like really putting yourself out of position and then just chucking up a shot i i just hate seeing guys rewarded for it and i think it needs like all over the league i don't care who they are best players not best players like it doesn't matter i think the league needs to be a bit tougher on that like you see lebron's flop again against memphis the other the other night it was, I saw the uh, I saw the travel. I don't oh, know about the oh, uh, dude. So he was uh, I forget. I think it was Dylan Brooks and I forget who else. They were boxing out and like Le- you know like LeBron's a big guy, so there's two guys on his side and like they kind of just like he kind of just moved his arm a little bit and LeBron did his whole like you know type of like jumping backwards or whatever. The head, the head and he, they called the foul. Eventually, he got a warning for it and whatever. But like that's you need to see that type of stuff. I think they need to start finding players again for flopping, especially when it's mm-hmm. like egregious like that. It's like it just looks so bad. It looks so bad. I agree with you. So do you think that I don't know if you saw this. I hope you did. Do you think that Jimmy should have been fined for when he uh, I think it was in the Wizards game? And he went down, and he was acting like he got mugged. Oh, okay, yeah. And then he did the 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 peek. He looked around to right. see if the refs were looking. Right. Oh, they're not looking. Let me go back to. Oh, I'm in so much pain. The guy mugged me. Give him a flagrant. Right. I don't know uh, if you saw that. I did see it. Like, as far as like if they want to joke around with it or whatever. Like, I feel like there should be maybe like a an aspect of like comedicness in it, like some comedy. Um, I, he did get hit a little bit. But like, yeah, so he was really dicking like, around. He was, yeah, he was, yeah, he was like, just so like around. if you're gonna mess around with it, like I feel like the ref should be able to like judge. Like even I think Reddick yesterday uh, against Memphis, uh, I forget he was setting a screen for Zion. 
the guy obviously taller tried to get around it and like he kind of like swung his arm and like hit him in the back of the head with like not even the elbow portion but just like you know your tricep and mm-hmm. reddit kind of like held his head fell down whatever he was on the floor for like five seconds and in the timeout he's looking like he's perfectly fine i just like dude it might hurt thing. a little bit but like get up like just get yeah. get up I, I don't understand like you're like 34 grown man like i don't know you you made a good point before where you said that you know the refs have to stop rewarding that kind of behavior once yeah. they do you'll see that go away from the game but as soon but you know as long as the refs are calling it yeah guys are going to keep doing that kind of stuff right and i think that comes into the whole like again like player entitlement thing like i'm going to quickly touch on it just cuz uh the whole dream on thing and the players getting traded and i just feel like players feel like they can get away with anything now and like they have the most control i was actually talking to scott about this on the phone the other day and like i was that we were getting like not heated but i was kind of just like dude like at the end of the day it's a multi-billion dollar business right and like teams should be able to protect their assets so like with the whole Draymond thing, talking about players getting traded and, you know, some players like the mental health side of things. And definitely like, I feel like mental health should be taken into consideration. If you look at the Kyrie situation, for example, and Draymond mentioned that he mentioned James Harden as well. Just the few players, like obviously if Cleveland's looking to shop Andre Drummond, like it's in their best interest interest to not let him get injured. Like it just makes the most sense, not only for the team, but also for Andre Drummond because you're, you're, you know, the team is looking to move you. If you get injured, you're stuck on a team that doesn't want you. Right. A not great team. They're outperforming what I think most people thought the Cavs would do, but you know, you're looking to get a buyout from Brooklyn, for example, like if I were him, I'd want to be healthy to potentially go to Brooklyn or a better situation rather than stay on Cleveland. And then he talked about like, you know, James Harden, like how James demanded a trade and like people hated on him and whatever. James Harden was the most unprofessional, like athlete I've ever seen demand a trade. Like just the stuff he did, regardless of asking for a trade, because I think players should publicly allowed to be, to ask for a trade if they really want out. Sure. They should be able yeah. to. I don't think it's the greatest idea because then the team is not going to get what they should get for you in return. So I think it's in the player's best interest to... But hold on, can I can I stop you real quick? Sure, did that sure. if if you okay? So what did the Rockets get in return for James Harden? Because I feel like they got every like they got a hell of a return. I don't know how much he really diminished his trade value. Right, and for sure, but that's also because the Rockets had him under contract for another three years. So this sure. is what I got. This is what me and Scott were talking about, where he's like James Harden had all the say. And I was like, sure, James, James Harden had a say. But at the end of the day, if the Rockets really felt like it, you know, not in the Rockets' bench, best interest to keep a guy who doesn't want to play for them, mm-hmm. he's under contract for three more years. He could have made, they could have made him miserable. They could have made him miserable. They could have kept him there. So right. at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, the first little bit of him acting the way he did definitely didn't help. And then when he kind of cooled down a little bit, then it was like, okay, we can, you know, talk trades and whatever. So, As far as the James Harden thing is concerned, I'm not advocating for a lot of the antics that he, um, that he displayed for sure. Mm -hmm. But to your point, he had three years left on his deal. Right. Yeah. And so in a situation like that, the only way for him to really force his way out is to try to kind of, you know, 
maybe depress his value, which I don't think is what happened, but it's right. to, at the very least, the best method for him to get out of there is for him to kind of make that situation as miserable as possible. Because sure. when you have three years left on your deal, the team has all of the leverage. They don't have to trade you. It's not Andre Drummond where he's an expiring contract. Right. Exactly. Um, so I'm not saying like that. I love the way that he handled it, but I can at the very least just kind of understand where it came from. For sure. for sure. I think the biggest issue I had with it and I touched on it a bit on one of my episodes was just like kind of the breaking of the rules of the league at the moment for the pandemic. It didn't help. Yeah. The yeah. trade value thing again, as much as you're trying to force your way out, I think there's a certain way to do it. Like I feel like Anthony Davis, as much as like, New Orleans didn't love it. Like he didn't really do anything horrible. Like he wasn't so bad and like, he didn't really act up. I would say like, for example, like James Harden did, but like it's only in his best interest to keep his trade value up and not risk lowering a trade value. Cause it makes it harder for the team to trade you. Right. You can also make an argument that it does make sense for him to lower his trade value because then the team that he wants to go to has to trade less to get him, thus leaving more on the team and making the team better than it would have been if they had had to give up more to trade for him. Right. But the existing team is is going to make it more difficult. Right. And I also Especially don't think that that's necessary. Yeah. I, I don't really think that that's necessarily something that uh, players consider. Like, I don't right. think Anthony Davis is thinking, well, you know, the more I depress my trade value, the better the Lakers will be when I get traded there. So that's better for me. Like, I don't really right. think that that's something he considers, but it's not a one for one parallel situation because when Anthony Davis uh, got traded, I believe he had like he was expiring the next summer, right? He got traded yeah, in the summer yeah. and he was up for yeah, extension free agent the next year. Right. So it's a little bit different because right, New Orleans kind of had to trade him. Right. And if they don't trade him, he leaves for nothing. Right. Right. The James Harden situation is a little bit exceptional. It's kind of I don't really know if we've seen one quite like that. Like even the Kawhi Leonard thing, you know, it was more that he had a massive dispute with the right. with the Spurs as opposed yeah. to like he just didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the more I talk about it, it's kind of similar. Kawhi right? was it, it was pretty bad. Right. It, it was it had his relationship with the front office and the coaching and and yeah. whatever else I, had soured quite a bit, which I think is kind of similar to what happened with James Harden. Right. Like as soon as Mike D'Antoni left, he had essentially lost all trust in the organization because that was his guy right. as well as Daryl Morey when he left as well. Like those two guys leaving had kind of been the last straw for them. For sure. And he seemed to not really want to have to drop 40 every night and be the guy to carry the team. For sure. And, you know, not really have enough juice out around him to uh, get to the finals and really compete for a championship. So I just, I do think it's an exceptional situation because he had, you know, three years left on his deal. We haven't really seen that That's before. True. And look, I, I can understand that. And I, and I get the, you know, not wanting to be there. And again, I, I think the only thing I agreed with what Draymond was saying is that, you know, uh, teams are allowed to leak that they're shopping a player, but players can't say, you know, I'd prefer to play somewhere else or their agents aren't allowed. Like you're not, you know, publicly they're not allowed. And I think players should be able to do that if they're unhappy. I feel like a player should say, look, I'm not loving the situation here. Things need to change. Like if they don't, like uh, I don't want to play here. But they can. I mean, they'll, they'll get fined or you know, whatever. That's what I'm saying. Team, but you yeah, be they're allowed to find to them it. because the teams are doing it. Like it's not leaks. Like when, when the news comes out from Woj or Shams, like it's the team execs and everything else that are telling them what's going on. Cause like, or, or, or the player circle. Yeah. The right. Guys around so the player, like, it, yeah. But it's coming out 
and and right. the teams right. are allowed they don't get fined for saying they only get fined obviously for tampering which happens all the I time. I mean I mean they don't get fined because you can't trace it back to them when Woj reports it. That's, That's the difference. What, sure. So but the leak you know is coming from front offices most usually. Of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So a player should be able to leak that he doesn't want to stay there. Like but they I, do. Uh, Players uh, do that all the time. Yes, but they get fined for it. Right. You want so, it public. I just don't, want... don't think they should get fined for it. I think it's dumb. Like, let let mm. the players, you know, tell the world that they're not happy and whatever. That's it. I, I actually agree with you. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing at all. I, I'm yeah. with you on that. Um. So, and then the whole, like, he talked also about the Kyrie situation and mental health or whatever. And, like, I don't know how you feel about the situation. I feel like, sure, if you feel like you need some personal days, you should speak to people in like a proper manner and go to your, you know, GM, anything else, your coach and say, look, like things aren't really going like really well for me right now. Like I need some time for myself, but like in a professional manner. And from what I understood is like Steve Nash only found out 20 minutes before one of their games, he wasn't playing and they had no idea when he was going to come back. And that is the thing I don't like about it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a tough situation. I tend to not really, I don't really want to, I don't know if I want to say judge, but I don't really want to offer criticism based on how somebody handles the situation when they're sure. dealing with, with, That's you fair. know, whatever demons or whatever it is that's going on in his head. But I do right. agree with you that like, you know, Steve Nash and the Nets organization was put in a compromising position right. for sure. When they don't know that one of their star players just isn't going to play for whatever reason. So yeah. That's true. It's it's kind of a hard it's kind of a hard topic for me to personally say like I think he should have done this or I think they should have done that. But right. it's unfortunate mental health and you know depression and anxiety and all of these you know these hindrances to people yeah. can absolutely affect them. And it's kind 100%. of hard to judge somebody That's and tell fair. them how not judge them, but like tell them you should act this way, you should do this because it's hard to know what's going on. Yeah, in I, head, I get it, but like. Like, I just think of it from an outside perspective of like, if you work for a company and you have a boss to answer to, which technically they do, like, you know, that stuff doesn't really fly in everyday life. But I, I understand it. And like, again, I don't judge, like, I, I want Kyrie to be happy mentally. I think it's tough. Like, Absolutely. people struggle. And like, I don't want to, I don't wish that upon anybody. But I just, like, again, um, if you have a boss and you need to do like, I just feel like there's a, a more of a professional way of handling certain situations. I'm not calling Kyrie out in specific. I just think players now are handling these situations, not in the most professional ways, I guess is like my main argument. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have more of an opinion on that. That's but I, I, yeah, I do generally agree that it's just not a, the way it was handled was maybe not ideal, but um, I don't feel like I, I'm qualified to offer an opinion as to how it should have been handled. That's fair. On a more light note, I want to quickly touch on uh, the best team in the league right now, Utah Jazz. What do you think is going on with them? Like, what are they doing that you're seeing is like, how, like they're just so consistent both on both ends. Um, Mike Conley yeah, has been the biggest yes. swing factor for them, yes. right? He's back to, I mean, he Roland might be better. All-Star. Yeah, like he he he's having one of the best seasons of his career, yeah. and he's doing it on a team that looks like they might be legit, legit. Mm -hmm. Like not just a really good, you know, regular season team. I know right. there's definitely a lot of skeptics out there, mm -hmm. and because there are more val uh, variables involved in this season, namely like we had mentioned, COVID, 
Right. Um, I don't know how much people totally buy them, but I buy them. I think they're legit. Me too. I do um, also. I just feel like I can't pick them to win the West because I feel like in the high leverage playoff minutes, in the tough moments, in a game six, game seven, who are their two? Who are their three best players? Tell me, Jordan. Uh, I would say, oh, that's really tough. That's really tough because I, I obviously Mitchell, and yeah. I think the second like you have to put Mitchell and Gobert and right. then it would have to be between Conley and Bogdanovich. Okay, so my point was more about Gobert. So let's say your three best players as of right now are uh, Mitchell, Gobert and Mike Conley in whatever order you want. I think it's kind of tough to buy stock on a team that if they say they get to the conference finals and they're mm-hmm. playing the Lakers. Right. Uh, or some alternate universe something goes wrong and they're playing the Clippers, whatever right. it is. Mhm. It's hard to have Rudy Gobert on the court late in close games because he's not a great free throw shooter. He right. isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. He's not like uh, he's not Shaq, right? On either right. end, frankly. Right. Yeah. But I do think that he's a little bit of a hindrance in that sure. you can't do much other than you know run pick and roll and and have him function as a rim running big on offense. Right. Defensively, he's a game changer. There's no debate. Mm-hmm. But offensively i do think that it, if when a team will have the opportunity to really key in on them and game plan for them for a seven game series right that some of those warts that he provides are going to show and of course i'm nitpicking because we're talking about right now the best team in the league right but i think they're really good i think they're probably maybe the second best team in the west right now sure. like overall in a playoff series right in a playoff setting mm. but i don't buy stock in them getting to the finals i can't do that just yet yeah that's super fair and uh i like for me uh the lakers is tough just because of the experience that they have like lebron being there or whatever the only thing is like anthony davis being able to stay healthy or not is, is huge um so that's going to be kind of a question mark um but i i do think that the chemistry and everything else like they potentially could beat the Clippers like I can definitely see them in the conference finals I just don't know like regardless any team is going to have to go against the Lakers and I just don't know if any team uh is um capable of beating that team in a seven game series based on obviously you have one of the best players of all time in the playoffs consistently he knows you know it's like a regular game to him like yep and just that team in general that I feel got better um, and last year. So it's going to be tough, but like, cause I also heard like Robert Ori today, uh, he was on, uh, I think part of my take and they asked him like talking about peaking too early and stuff like that. And he made a really good point. Mm. He basically said, he was like, people are saying that the jazz are peaking too early because they're the Utah jazz. They were like, he said, he was like, but if it was the Lakers who were 20 and five, no one would be talking about peaking early. It would just be that they're being a great team or like when golden state back in the day went on 24, 24, I think they won 24 games in a row or started 24 and Mm -hmm. whatever it was. No one said they're peaking too early. They were just that good. And I, I honestly think that the jazz are just that good this year. Can they maintain it to this level or in the playoffs, throughout the playoffs, I'm not going to say yes or no, but I do think they're that good and very capable of making it to the conference finals. Sure, and and again, like something that we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that Donovan Mitchell, 
yeah. has made strides as well in his oh, game, 100%. right? Like after coming off that bubble performance, you know, yeah. he's he's shown that it's legit. Yeah. And then he has gotten better as a playmaker. He's added more to his offensive game. He's not, you know, he doesn't primarily, I mean, he still primarily relies on his athleticism and his right. burst and the first step to get to the basket and score. Mm-hmm. But he's become a better playmaker. He's a good shooter. Like he's got a lot of a lot of facets to his game. And he's just, I think more than anything, the experience has mm-hmm. made him a better player. Yeah, I agree 100%. And like you had said, I totally agree that like, I don't think it's fair or really, I don't know how anybody can accurately say or definitively say this team is peaking too early. We don't know that, you know, how do we know that this is a peak? How do we know that they're not still improving? How do we know that Donovan Mitchell doesn't add more to his game, that Bogdanovich doesn't get going a little more and all these other potential swing factors that they don't make another move maybe and add another guy. Like we don't know what they're going to look like in the playoffs. So uh, I I do agree. You can't say that they peaked too early. It might be true in the end, but there's Mm -hmm. no way to accurately say it. For sure. Just take it for what it is. And right now they're the best team in the league. Yeah, agreed. Uh, So tomorrow quickly, uh, Lakers versus Brooklyn potential uh, finals matchup. Do you see that being the finals matchup? And who do you think would take it? I think the Lakers would absolutely clobber them. Okay. I have not yet bought stock in the super, Brooklyn Nets. Very fair. I the just, way they are right now. Dude, defensively, they're yeah. so poor. Like, it's yeah. rough. And mm. You know, you'll win a lot of regular season games mm-hmm. with an insane offense, especially an offense that has guys at that level that can yeah. score at yeah. will against mm-hmm. any matchup, and you can't double anybody. But I don't know. Like, can you name me the last time a team won a championship that didn't have a top 10 defense? Uh, no, you need both. You it's need been both. a very long time. Yeah, and especially it's, it's been have a very one long of the time. worst defenses of all time. So that's right. But they're looking to get a buyout guy, which like maybe they do get Andre Drummond. Very possible. I don't think Andre Drummond fixes fixes their problems. He might help them over the course of a game, but down the stretch, you know, which is really when games are won. The rebounding and everything else. I just feel like you're not going to do it with DeAndre Jordan. Sure. 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 But he's kind of like a souped up version of DeAndre Jordan to me. I I yeah, think that he's got a lot of the same warts. He doesn't have a very varied offensive package. Right. You can't, you know, he's a terrible, terrible free throw shooter. That's true. And he can't shoot like he tries, which is maybe a right. bad thing. I don't know. Yeah, he, can't, he can't shoot at right. all. And so, like, if you're in a close game in a series, in a game six or seven against the Bucks or the Sixers or whoever, the Celtics, if they figure things out. Right. Um. I don't know if you can play him down the stretch. And so then it kind of doesn't even matter that he's on your roster because you're not going to be able to get stops down the stretch of a game. So I, I'm not, I'm not in on, on the nets yet. I kind of need to see what the roster looks like going into the playoffs. Obviously they have tremendous offensive talent that nobody can match, but uh, I'm not there yet. Okay. So your, your championship matchup and then I'll let you go. Oh, it's tough. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Boston adds a couple of guys, okay. whether through trade or buyout. Wow, I don't know one or both. Okay, they add a couple wow. guys. Maybe they add somebody to help fortify the bench, hmm. and then hopefully Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker, those guys get step and remain up. healthy yep. and step up. 
And so I'll go Celtics and Lakers with the Lakers winning in. I'll, I'll give them six games. Might be less. I don't know. But okay. again, I just don't really buy a lot. of. I can't buy a lot of stock. I feel like I keep saying that. I can't That's buy cool. a lot of stock in a lot of the teams out east because sure. I just, I don't feel like, like I have a hard time seeing Philly getting to the finals. Yeah, I think they could Philly, do it. I, I originally they could do Brooklyn, it. but I think if, I think Philly matches up best with them. So oh, they do match up better than, with the Lakers than, than the other top teams in the east. They could do it, but I don't know. I, I need, look, Embiid's on another level. He looks unbelievable. Yeah. I feel like Ben Simmons is kind of the same player that he was in 2016. So that's better a little bit of a drawback. Team. It's close. I, I I don't know. We can have a debate about that right. another another time for yeah. sure. But I don't know. I'm not all in on the Sixers That's fair. yet. No, super fair. They would be they would be my second team though. Okay. Like if I if I had to pick another team. Hmm. Very fair. All right. Well, bro, I really appreciate you joining me. Uh, everyone listening, just uh, you know, check out Ariel in the post game pregame shows on uh, Five Reasons Sports, Clutch Corner, and all that, dude. I really appreciate it. Uh, really happy for you being able to do all the stuff you're doing and uh, continue to grind, bro. Absolutely, brother. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. No problem, man. I'll see you soon. Take care. Right. So there you have the episode with Ariel. Really appreciate him coming on. Go check him out and follow him. Uh, Five Reasons Sports. Really enjoyed the podcast. Always fun talking to a fellow basketball fan about things that are going on. If you guys enjoyed the episode, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. If you want to leave me a nice five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. If you guys have any suggestions or comments or even you know maybe a potential plug to get a guest on the podcast for another episode that would also be greatly appreciated um you can follow me on instagram at ball never lies podcast or my personal account fish out of water with two f's uh episode coming out next week of course as always but just remember until then the ball never lies